Well, this morning, if you have your Bibles, I want to invite you, if you would take them out and turn. We're looking through the Gospel at Matthew chapter 6. Of course, this is the Lord's Prayer um, that many of us here have been reciting for every day of, or every Sunday of our lives, if we've been in church. But I want us to look at this text as kind of a teaching and instruction for us. So here's what Jesus says. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Forgive us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For if you forgive men when they sin against you, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their sins, your Father will not forgive your sins. Let's pray. Lord God, as we come to your word this morning, we just come asking you to speak into our hearts. God, help us to hear what you want to say to us today. And Lord, as we hear it, may it be planted deep within our hearts and may we grow ever deeper in love with you and those around us. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, last week we began a series where we're talking about learning to pray like Jesus. And um, we started talking about how prayer is a common term we use a lot in church. We, we hear it all the time. And, but the reality is sometimes we can feel like, man, I'm not sure I really know how to pray. I try, but it just doesn't maybe work for me especially well. And I want to encourage you to know, if that's you, you're not alone. Because if you remember, Jesus' disciples said the same thing. They came to Jesus and they said, hey, we see that you have a close relationship with your father. Um, how do we have that? Teach us how to pray. And so Jesus gives them the Lord's Prayer and he begins walking them through that. And last week, we looked at the very first part of the prayer that says, our father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. And just a quick recap as we go back and reflect on that in case you weren't here that Jesus starts out by saying, our Father. Now, that may seem a little strange, like, why did Jesus uh, do that? But I think what he was really doing with us uh, when he said, our Father, is he was saying, I want you to know that God is inviting you into a relationship, and that through our relationship with Jesus, that's what allows us permission to come before the Father. So when you and I ask Christ into our lives, it opens the doorway now that we're able to have a conversation with God. God invites us. He wants to commune with us. And we talked last week about how in a way, as we come into God's presence, it's like God's inviting us to crawl up on his lap. And when we crawl up on his lap, God wants us to feel comfortable that we can just come and sit with God and just enjoy his presence. He wants to be able to have us ask him questions about what's going on. He wants us to be able to tell our struggles. He wants us to tell when we're hurt. We can ask questions. He wants us to listen and that we can invite God just to instruct us. Help us to be the children you want us to be. And so all of that is tied up in that idea of our Father. And then he goes on and he talks about then hallowed be your name. And we talked about how hallowed means to be set apart. Now, in this particular phrase, we began looking, we're building an acronym here to help us in our prayer. And the first acronym, first word in the acronym is praise using the word P. And so hallowed be thy name is this idea of praise, that we're elevating God to the highest position. We realize that God is the God who is beyond our comprehension. Now, I want you to think about this in the way of a parent. 
Now, when you're a small child, did you ever ask your parents questions and have them want them to explain why? Remember that? Maybe you have kids. Do they ever come to you and say, why? And they're trying to figure it out. Now, sometimes we don't know, and other times we may have an answer. And the reason we have an answer is because we've lived more of life, we understand it a little better, right? But that's kind of when we come into God's presence, we realize that God is still, there's so much about God we still don't even fully know. That God is fully beyond our full comprehension. And we, when we come to God, we have questions sometimes. We say, explain this. And, we, and God will give us enough to try to make it through it, but he may not open the whole picture to us. So we talked about how hallowed be thy name is then God is beyond our, fully our comprehension, though he invites us into relationship. We also talked about how God is all-powerful, that this is the God we know that spoke and everything came into creation. This is a God who is all-knowing, knows everything that's going on in our world. There is nothing you're going to surprise God with. And that it's also a, is a God who... Um, is always present with us. No matter where we are, no matter how far we think we're from God, God is there with us. Now, all of that is important we talked about because when we come to God and we begin to pray, that's what kind of builds our faith. I'm coming to a God that just isn't a, 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 another person down the street. This is God who's invited me into a relationship. And so we want to spend some time just acknowledging who God is. We want to praise God. And that allows us to know that we've got a God who can meet us and meet the requests that we're bringing. Now today, we want to step into the second thing that Jesus lays out in this prayer. And this is going to be the word repent. So this is going to be R. So we have P and R. And so repent, Jesus says this. He says, forgive us our debts. Now again, Jesus says our. And we may say, well, Jesus never sinned. Well, that's true. But what we know is Jesus came and he carried all of our sin, right? That it doesn't matter what we've done, that when Jesus went to the cross, he took every sin, every wrong, everything that humanity have ever done, and it put it on him, and he died in our place. And so because of what he has done now, that gives us permission to come into the presence of God guilt-free. When we receive Christ, he says, now I have all that righteousness that I died to win back, I'm now saying, you are righteous. So we can boldly approach God when we come through Jesus. So, so that's a powerful gift to us, that I don't have to come and, and, and shrink up to God. We can come boldly into God's presence because Jesus has invited us. So he says, first of all, we come praying our, and then he says, Lord, forgive us. Now, I want to just say something about forgiveness before we actually ask forgiveness, there's kind of a step that happens before that. And it's repentance. If you remember in the Gospels, Jesus, or John the Baptist, when he's out preaching in the wilderness, you remember what John does? John, the first thing he tells folk, he says, repent for the kingdom of God is at hand, right? And then we go on and we see Jesus later tells the 12 disciples when he sends them out, he says, repent, go tell them to repent. And then when Peter, in the book of Acts, after Jesus has gone back to heaven, he goes up onto the temple steps and he begins preaching to the crowd and he says, repent. Now let me ask you this, y'all. If you heard somebody today, when you're walking or driving out of the parking lot this morning and they're standing at the exit sign 
And they maybe have it, and they're standing there and they're saying, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. What would be the thoughts going through your head? I mean, would you be excited? Would say, honey, look at that. I can't believe they're calling us through. Isn't that cool? I got a feeling we're going, man, who is the nutcase? Can you believe they're standing? Who are they to be telling us that, right? We would not be receiving that well at all. And so what is, I mean, so here Jesus is telling people, go out and repent. Well, what he's getting at here, repentance, when, when, these, when they were going out and speaking, what happened is the Holy Spirit was using the words, the commentary to be spoken, and as it did, it pricked their hearts. And their hearts realized, my life has got areas that are out of alignment with God. That's really when the Holy Spirit starts to awaken us to say, this area, this thing in me is not in alignment with God, and so it's hindering my love relationship with God. God in His grace, by His Holy Spirit, is coming to me and trying to awaken my heart to that so I can let go of that so I can step into right relationship with God so I'm not hindered in that relationship now i think a, a great analogy of this is found in luke chapter 18 if you remember in that story that you have um two people you have a pharisee which we know is the religious folk right and everybody went "Ooh, the pharisees they're the holy people and then you have a tax collector which we know they're the ones that are stealing people's money and they're the bad guys in the story right but in this parable, as Jesus is talking, the, the Pharisees standing, he's got his eyes upward, he's saying, Lord, thank you that I am not like those sinners around me. And especially that I'm not like this tax collector. He's saying, I do all these holy things, I'm a righteous person, now we'd all be going, oh, that's pretty arrogant, right? But then there's the tax collector in the story. And the tax collector won't even lift his head. And he says... Lord, forgive me, a sinner. I realize that I have areas that are broken in me. And Jesus is pointing out that when we recognize we need God's grace, that's that spirit that brings me to a repentant heart that says, Lord, I'm sorry. I want things to be different in my life. I want them to be aligned with you. And so it, it really leads me then towards forgiveness. That's why repentance is important because when our hearts get pricked and we say, I realize I'm out of alignment, I want it to change, that's when we come to God and say, Lord, forgive me. I am sorry. I'm asking you now to rearrange things in my life and I want to change. And I'm going to make the decision with your help to do that, to become different, to follow the way you want me to do. And in fact, if you remember... Um, John taught his disciples, he said, bear fruit in accordance with repentance. That when we just say we're sorry, it should result in some kind of change, right? I mean, as a parent, we expect that with our kids, right? If we say, they say, uh, tell us you're sorry, and they say, I'm sorry, and then they go out and do the very same thing, how are we going to feel about it, right? We, we got a problem with that. Well, it would be the same with God, that God says true repentance brings us to ask for forgiveness and then, then leads ultimately to change and asking God to help us with that. I want to say, though, one of the things that's very important for all of us is it's very important for us who are decide, wanting to follow Jesus that we have to be aware of when the Holy Spirit's pricking our hearts and when it is that we make sure that we deal with God regarding those things. 
Because if we don't, what can happen is we start to become desensitized to the Holy Spirit. And what we do is we start to build a barrier between us and God on our side. God hasn't changed. We start to build a barrier, right? So the Holy Spirit's speaking to us. And this really becomes like the prodigal son. Because you remember in the story of the prodigal son, how the prodigal son is with the father, he has a great life, and then he says, hey, you know what? Um, I want my inheritance. I want to go live my life the way I want to live. And then that son, remember, goes off and he lives in wild living and he he kind of moves away from God. Now the cool thing is, God never gave up on him. That God was always, I think in a way, calling out to this prodigal son. Well, the prodigal son one day gets really down in the dumps and he says, you know what? I need to change. And I know where the change is going to happen. It's back with the father. Remember, he goes back and God doesn't say, Oh, man, I cannot believe you're back. You know how lousy you were, how bad you were, all the stuff you did. The father just welcomes him and says, you've come back and you've asked for forgiveness. He says, it's good. Come, enjoy all that I got for you. So whenever the Holy Spirit's prompting us, we don't want to desensitize. We want to make sure that we're staying awake and alert to where the Holy Spirit is leading us to draw us ever closer in love with God in that spirit. So when we forgive, when we ask God to forgive us, we're really coming as a result of repentance that God would change us. Now, the second part Jesus said, and we aren't going to have a lot of time on this, but this is a really important point. Jesus then says, now, as I'm asking God to forgive me, that I forgive others. You know, Jesus tells another story um, that really illustrates this in Matthew 18. And you guys probably know this story very well. But it's the story of the rich ruler. And this story, this rich um, ruler um, has servants. And one of his servants has gotten a really large debt. I mean, he has racked up a debt that is way in the trillions. I mean, there's no way this guy's paying it back. And so he finally comes, he tells his servant, he says, Hey, I want my money now or else I'm going to throw you in prison. And I'm going to sell your family. And the guy says have mercy on me. I'll do it. Now, the ruler knows it's never going to happen, but he has mercy on this guy. And he says, okay, I will forgive the whole debt. Now, you would think he'd be so grateful, right? And we know the rest of the story, that he goes out and he finds another servant that owes a small debt to him. And he says, okay, guys, he says, you need to pay me back now. And he says, I can't, but if you'll wait, I'll get you the money. He says, no, now, if you don't, I'm throwing you in prison. And in fact, he does throw him in prison, even though the guy calls for mercy. And when the ruler hears about it, he says, hey, I forgave you a great debt, and you wouldn't forgive that person who owed you. So now, he says, you're going to owe the debt. And he threw him in prison until he could pay it back. I mean, that's really that mercy God has extended to us, right? I mean, God, we don't, we're not aware in God's greatness all the stuff that God has forgiven us of. And, and God says, I've forgiven you all of this. And so, is there nothing that you can't forgive another person regarding after what I've forgiven you? You know, I, I don't know about y'all, but, you know, I find in my life that... Um, Sometimes it's really hard for me to see other people's sin in, or see my own sin in the level I see other people's. For instance, and not that this is a sin necessarily, um, but for instance, have you ever driven down the street and um, you're, you're going to find out about me. Driving is just one of those things you can pray for me about. I'm aggressive. I don't have a lot of patience. 
Um, I have a lot of judgment. I'll just say it, okay? Um, and if you're with me, you may say, Lord, you need to deliver this guy. But, um, but anyway, as I'm driving down the road, if I see somebody in front of me and they're kind of weaving a little bit and, and, they're, and um, maybe they're driving a little slow, I'll be going in my head, I bet they're on their phone. I bet they're texting somebody. And, and then I'll get in the other lane and I'll pull up beside them and I will know, find out I am right. And I'll go, I just want to honk. I want to point. I want to say, get off your phone. Stop it. Call 911. Tell them. Now, it's always interesting to me that that will happen and it will be only a few blocks down the road that all of a sudden I'll realize, you know, I don't know where I'm going. I need maps. So I'm getting on my phone and I'm typing it in and I get a text and I need to respond, but it's okay. I can handle it. Right? It was, I saw theirs really hard to see mine, but I was doing the exact same thing. And I wanted to call them to judgment. And folks, we do that all the time, don't we? People do stuff to us, and we immediately hold them captive for the very thing we were doing. In fact, we're probably the worst at the things that are most similar to us. And really, when we look at, and sometimes we have to be honest, folks, people do stuff to us that is incredibly grievous. I mean, we know that there, there may be some of you here who have been in abusive relationships. There may be some of you here who have had a family member who has been killed by somebody. Somebody who has lost everything because of some decisions somebody did, some things they did. I mean, those are grievous, right? Those are hard. But you and I can't fathom in the scope of God what your and my life has done that led to Jesus going on the cross for us. I mean, because I look at myself and I think I'm a pretty good person. I think I could squeeze into heaven without Jesus sometimes. But if I really saw the scope of things, I would realize how much I need Jesus' grace to get there. And, and so it's really hard for us to grasp all of that sometimes. I'm always amazed, you know, several years back when we um, had the young family, the young families that... Um, they had children that were at school, um, and this was in an Amish community, and if you remember, the gunman came and killed a number of students there. And that family, those families banded together, and they publicly said, we have publicly, we, are, we have chosen to forgive the shooter. Now, do you think they felt forgiveness at that point? I don't think so. But what they were saying is very powerful. They said, we have made a conscious decision that God has called us to that. And so we are going to choose to forgive. We are going to choose to keep praying for that individual that they might experience God's grace in their own life. And we're going to choose to pray that God would change our hearts to align with the way we have prayed. Give us, help us to love this person. Now we may not... We're not going to put ourselves back under abusive situations and we're not going to trust people sometimes that have wounded us harmfully, but we can still forgive them. And that's what Jesus is calling us to. So what I want to encourage you this week, as you step into the week, I want to kind of give this assignment to each of us if it's not part of your daily routine already. I would encourage you to spend some time daily in prayer. And in that moment, I would invite you, first of all, to just realize that God is inviting you into a close relationship, to a conversation, that God wants to be with you. And just spend some time in saying, Lord, I come to you. Thank you for bringing me, allowing me entrance through Jesus. And then 
Spend some time just praising God. Praise God for who God is. What that God is all-powerful, that God can handle anything that's going on, and that sometimes even when we don't understand things, we say, God, I don't get it, but I'm trusting you with it. And we can thank him for being present with us. Just praise him for the ways you're seeing God at work in your life. And then I would encourage you to do the second thing, is to ask God, is there anything in my life that I need to, to, to step away from that's out of alignment with you? And, and if the Holy Spirit begins to speak to you about that, then begin to pray about that and, and forgive, ask God to forgive you of that and say, I want to I change. Help me to be that, what you want me to be. And then thirdly, I would invite you just to say, Lord, is there anybody I need to forgive? And if the Holy Spirit brings somebody to your mind, then spend some time praying through that. And if it, nobody comes to mind, that's great. Move forward. But I just would invite each of us to kind of do that as a daily rhythm because we want to live free and we live, want to live as well aligned with God as we can. And I know God desires that as well.